So what's wrong with socks and underwear? Okay, really, what is wrong with socks and underwear? Or, you know, because really, I mean, probably some of you, when you very first saw that, you, you knew, okay, he's going to talk about unwanted gifts. What is wrong with socks and underwear? You know, because if somebody buys you socks and underwear, you know, that just saves you the five or ten bucks, you know, that you wouldn't have to spend. What, what, what's wrong with socks and underwear? You know, really, I think what's wrong is not the socks and underwear. I think what's wrong is our attitude toward giving and receiving and the gifts that are given. Our, if our attitude is right... Because, man, really, you know, if you just get the right attitude about this thing, I can take these back and swap them for something better, you know? And if I get enough socks and underwear, I can swap them for enough money that I can get everything that I want, right? So, I mean, if we get, there, there's a whole lot of ways to look at things. And sometimes we just need an attitude adjustment. We just need to start looking at things. And remember that, as we said last week, it's not about the getting, it's about the giving, and because it's about the giving, you know, we shouldn't have the attitudes that we have about, about the gifts, like socks and underwear. Because what we do, okay, what we do is we, we end up taking power from ourselves. And we put power into other people's hands. And not just the people, but the gifts. I mean, we put, we put power into, into gifts. We, we take power over us and we put it into the hands of other people and into the gift, you know, because when you're expecting one gift and you get something else, you know, or, or maybe you were expecting a gift, but they didn't get you the brand. They got you the generic, right? Or, or they got you the knockoff and everybody knows it's a knockoff and you were expecting this. And so what does it do to your spirit or your attitude? It, it knocks you down. And it's like, man, you know, I didn't get, and you get all upset, you get worried, you know, you know what I'm talking about? You know, you were really hoping for a new car for Christmas, you know, teenager. You were hoping for a new car, you know, and, and you had a bus ticket instead, you know, that, that'd be kind of rough, wouldn't it? And that would kill you, wouldn't it? But what did you do? You put, you gave that gift, you gave that gift power to destroy your day, your week, your month, your year, your life. I admit, you know, maybe some of you young ladies are, hoping for a ring this, this uh, Christmas season, you know? And, you know, if you really get your hopes up on that and you don't get a ring, you know, you have put so much power into that gift, it doesn't matter what you get. It's going to destroy it because you don't get what you were looking for. We put way too much power in the gifts that are given to us. And that's what you're doing. So when, so when you have this bad attitude, understand you're, you're destroying your own self. You know, because, and I tell you, ladies, uh, you know, maybe not just for those of you who are expecting a ring, but those of you who are expecting something awesome from us guys, let me just tell you something. Sometimes we just don't get it, okay? We just blow it. We just don't say, you know, unless you just specifically say it or you leave the, the catalog open, you know, on the, t on the table with a big magic marker circled around and around and around and around, we're not going to get it a lot of times. And you're going to destroy... Uh, I'll help you out here, Job, all I can, all right? We're going to destroy, you know, a whole lot more than just Christmas season. We're going to destroy attitudes. We're going to destroy connections that we have. We're going to destroy relationships. We can even destroy, you know, hopefully, but we, could we destroy our marriages over stuff like that? Ladies, just give us some grace here, okay? If you'll tell us what you want, we'll do our best to get it most of the time, right? But uh, sometimes we just need a little help. Okay, that, that's the point because really here, we, we can destroy all that. And here, here, here's, here's the truth, is that none of these things are going to fulfill you anyway. There's not a thing I can buy you on this earth that is going to fulfill you, that's going to satisfy you. And you, you mean to prove it? 
is because that's what this world is doing, our, our culture at least, here in the United States of America. We buy bigger and better and more, and then tomorrow we need bigger and better and more, right? And then next week we need bigger and better and more. You know, and next Christmas, what are we gonna expect? Bigger and better and more. I mean, it, it, because it doesn't fulfill us. It doesn't complete us. Only Jesus Christ can do that. Now, now I know some of you are sitting here and you're, you're not a Christian. You've never accepted Christ as your Savior. You've never walked in that relationship with him to allow him to begin helping you with all of these things. And, and so I put up there that only Jesus can do that. And maybe you'd want to argue with me like, well, I, I, you know, that's the, what you Christians believe. But I don't know about that yet. Okay, well, just, just go with me here for just a second on this. That even if you don't know that yet, so will you suppose for a moment that I might be telling the truth? And if so, then let me, then let me show you how this, this plays itself out. Is because if, if Christ is the one who is supposed to fulfill us, who is supposed to satisfy us, who is supposed to bring us peace and, and, and make us feel like, yes, now this is life. That no matter what's going on out there, no matter how bad life is getting, that this Christ, this Jesus in my life, this, this Savior who was born for me so he could live for me, so he could die for me, so he could get up out of the grave on the third day for me, so he could win eternity for me. If he is the one to give me all of this, then everything that I'm chasing after and trying to get is only getting in the way and taking time away from me and taking, taking opportunity away from my pursuit to get more and more and more of him. And so if, if that's the truth, then it is no wonder to me that this culture is full of people who are gaining more and more and more and more stuff, but are still dissatisfied, discontent, unfulfilled, and still looking for more. You see, so if, if, if as a Christian, my, my, my understanding is true about how life is fulfilling and satisfying and, and where peace actually comes from, then you will see maybe in your own life as well. Now why? All this year you've been chasing after things and, and you're still not satisfied. You still got to have some more things. You still got to have some more stuff. You still got to have some more possessions. And the reason, reason you're not satisfied, it's, the reason you're not satisfied today is not because you ain't got enough stuff. Because you got a whole lot more, the, the, the person in this room, I started to say poorest person, I guess we can go ahead and say that. But the person in this room with the least amount of stuff is, is still so much richer than, than most of the people in this world. And, and so the, the, the answer is not to get more stuff. The answer is not to have bigger stuff. And the answer is not to have better stuff. The answer is not, I mean, you know, there are people in, in our culture today that are making a living off of talking us into believing that we just, we just need the latest one. And, you know, I started to name a few things there, but just go ahead. Whatever your gadget or toy is, there are people that are making a killing out there, making more than a living. I mean, they're, they're getting rich because they've gotten us to buy into the fact that we just need the latest one. We've already got one, but it's not as good. There's a later one, and, and we need this latest one. If we get this one, then, then everything's going to be so much better. Life is going to be so much better, and it just isn't happening. It's just not happening that way because it will not fulfill. Here's another truth for you. 
is you are eventually going to feel about that new gadget toy, that latest one. You are eventually going to feel about that thing like you do about socks and underwear. Because when the new commercial comes out and tells you about how old your phone is and how now, I wasn't going to say phone, but you know, we'll go ahead and throw a phone in there, okay? How old your phone is, and how now this one, and you know, and, and so everybody's got to line up outside, and you know, and they got to get up there over, you know, and stay overnight for whatever the newest gadget is, because you've been listening to commercials and you keep doing those things, doing those things. Once you start seeing that I had the latest and I had the best and I had the, the most awesome, but now there's a new one. And, when, and now there's a new one and I just don't have the money or maybe I don't have the time or, or maybe they sold out before I could get to it and, and so now everybody else is getting this new one and I've got the old one. Now you're dissatisfied and you're looking at the thing that was the thing yesterday and like socks and underwear. Why do I have to put up with this old phone? You know, it's, it's, you know, it's a whole year, year old now. You know, why do I have to put up with this thing? And you begin to look at those things because all of the stuff you have is one day going to be old it's one day going to be out of date. It's one day going to be broken. It's one day going to be lost. It's one day not going to be everything like that. And you're eventually going, all this amazing stuff of today is eventually going to be worthless to you. You know, I, I mean, our money even today, you know, I mean, how many of you stop anymore and pick up a penny that you see on the ground? You know, I'm looking for a hand, see if anybody. Oh, okay. A few people still do that. But there's a lot of us that just walk right over it, won't we? Because the penny doesn't mean that much to us. And none of the stuff you get is going to last you for forever. Only Jesus can do that. And, and let me show you this in Scripture, okay? Jesus had a man come to him one day, a young man who was rich. Uh, one place he was called a ruler. This is Matthew chapter 19, starting at verse 16. Just then a man, a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Okay, so this is a man who understands there is something. At, when I breathe my last breath, when my heart stops, there is something else going on because my, who I am is not just this body. Who I am is not just some, you know, a beating heart and some blood flowing through veins. And there is a me inside of this vessel that when that ends, I am still going to be here. And I want to make sure whatever's happened after that is going to be good. So what do I do to, in, to inherit eternal life? Jesus replies, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments, okay? Now, there are 10 commandments, right? So he says, which ones? <laughs> we can't just keep 10? I mean, come on, it's not really that hard, is it? You know, 10 and which ones? You know, give me, narrow the list down a little bit. It sounds like what he's saying, isn't it? You know, well, Jesus, Jesus replies, he says, you should not murder. You should not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. And so he lays some of these out to him and he says, okay, okay. And then all these I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? If, if, you know, what do I not yet have? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Now, there's one more thing that goes on in this story right after this, but before we get there, I want to stop right here because I've had to um, debate. Debate's a little better word than argue, right? I've had to debate this with several people you know, over the years because people look at that and say, that's what Jesus requires? He requires we sell all of our stuff and give it all the way to the, all the, way to the poor? No, 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 look. When Jesus was walking here on the earth, he had a few people that walked and went with him everywhere he went. But he didn't expect the whole world to go with him everywhere he went. Everybody can't go, right? 
You know, everybody can't go. That's why we're not the only church in town. We're one of them. We're a great one, but we're not the only one. We can't hold everybody here. You know, there has to be a lot more, and we're not the only church in the world. There has to be a lot more. And so, so this was not like a blanket thing, like every one of you today, you go sell everything you've got, and you give it to everyone you see out there that is poor, and you follow Jesus with everything you can, then because you sold it, then, then you'll be perfect. Then you'll be able to have eternal life. That's not what he's saying. He said this to one man. One man. It is nowhere else in the teachings of Christ that we sell everything we've got and give it away to the poor. Yes, we do at times take things that we have and we give to others who need. We should be doing that on a regular basis. But this is the only place where Jesus says to one man, sell everything you've got and give it to the poor and follow me and then you'll be perfect. Why did he say it to this woman? See, that's the question here. It's not, is this what Jesus requires of all of us? Why did Jesus require this of this one man? The reason is because this one man, like mo, let me say many people in our culture, because this one man was addicted. Addicted to possessions. Addicted to things. Addicted to having more and more and more. And that's why Jesus, Jesus knew this about him. He said, the one thing you lack, you're doing all these good things, but the one thing you lack is you're addicted to possessions. And if you'll sell these things and get them out of your life, then Jesus said, you can be perfect. But he was addicted to that. And so the next verse, verse 22 says, and he went away sorrowfully. Why did he go away sorrowfully? He was, he was rich and now he's just found, the, he's just found the, uh, the answer to the question that he'd just come for. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because... He had great wealth. Now listen, if the number one thing for him was to, was to be able to attain eternal life one day, then he shouldn't be sad because he just got the answer. But, but what he was sad about was he could not sell everything he had and give it away because he knew he was addicted. He had to have that stuff. He had to hang on to it. He, it, it, it had to be, it had to be there. He had to have it. He had to have that stuff. And and the reason he went away sad was not because he had a lot of stuff, but because he had just had pointed out to him that you are so addicted to stuff, you can never have contentment. You can never have peace. You can never have joy. You're never going to have these things in your life, in your relationships, in your marriage, in your vocation, your career. You're never going to have these things as you seek out your education. You're never going to have peace. and You're never going to have joy. You're never going to have just harmony and unity as long as you are addicted to and fill in the blank, whatever it is. To this man, it was possessions. And that's one of the biggest addictions of our culture that you and I, we live in today. And we can never have peace because we're addicted to stuff. I heard somebody say a long, long time ago that it's, you know, it's not wrong to have money. It's not wrong to have stuff. The problem comes when stuff has us or when money possesses us. And then when when it turns around and becomes that way, then we're in trouble. That's where he was. And that's where a lot of us are. That's where we are when we get socks or underwear or something that we didn't want or something that's below our expectations and we have a bad attitude about it. We can't be perfect in our attitude because we're addicted. Break the addiction. This Christmas, break the addiction and choose the best gifts. Here's, uh, let's talk just a quick moment about the real 
value of socks and underwear. And I don't mean the n- numerical value or the amount of money it costs to buy some socks or underwear. But just imagine, just imagine some young man here in our congregation this morning, our church gathering, that this, this week he gets a present from his Grammy, you know, and he tears into it, you know, I mean, you know and it, he's just so excited, and he opens it up, and it's socks or boxers or T-shirts or maybe even worse or something, you know? And so he does everything he can to say, thank you, Grammy, and give her a hug and say, I really appreciate you really thinking about who I am and what I need and what I would like to have and ask around and get the list from me. I really appreciate that, Grammy. And as he begins to leave, he goes outside and he just opens the trunk and throws them in the trunk, closes the trunk and leaves and goes, goes home or wherever it is he's going for the rest of the day and just kind of disgusted. And finally, you know, he eventually forgets about the socks and the underwear or whatever it was that he got that's in the trunk of his car. And he drives around, you know, and he just goes through his life. And finally one day, a week, a month, maybe a little bit later, he's running late for work. He's running late for work, and, and he's, you know, he's about to get a shower, and he, he realizes, oh, no, I don't have any clean underwear. What does he do? Somebody in this room has probably done something like this, right? I am out, but I know where some is. That, that, that gift that I, that I did not want, I know where it is. And it may not have been socks or underwear, but there was something that you actually despised when you first opened it. And then you remember one day later, you remembered where it was because you really needed it that day. Now, some of you, you just needed it because you needed, you know, you were going to re-gift. You just needed to give somebody, oh, no, I got to give a gift. And I thought, oh, yeah, I got something at the bottom of the closet. All right. Thanks, Grammy, for giving me that, right? Somebody here has done, a lot of you here have done that kind of a thing. You know, and for that young man, let's relate that to the spiritual aspect of that, is that we don't want and appreciate the socks and the underwear until we realize all of our clothes are dirty. Then we say, now there's some value to this, right? Let me take you to the book of Isaiah. Because there's a script, I think there's a scripture here for this. This is Isaiah 64, verse 6. We are all infected and impure with sin. Like the addiction that the, the young man had that was talking to Jesus a few minutes ago. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. How dare God tell us that? We, we do good things. Don't we do good things? I mean, didn't we do a toy drive? For the Native American Lakota Sioux uh, 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 of uh, South Dakota, Bullhead South, didn't we just do that, right? Didn't we just receive an offering some people gave toward that? We do so. How dare you, God? Tell us that, uh, that all of our right deeds and good stuff that we do is just filthy rags. But look, look at what he's saying. He says we're infected. We're impure with sin. Is that even when we're doing good things, our imperfections kind of get in the way. Because often we do those good things to be seen because of our pride. Often we do good things because of envy, because someone else has something or has the accolades and we want everybody to appreciate us. And so we do good things because of envy. Or sometimes we, we can, some people even do good things because they're selfish. 
I want to be the one that does that. I want to be the one that people always come to for this, and they're selfish, and they're envious, and, and so even doing good things can become filthy rags when our attitudes aren't right. And then in those times that we do bad things, you know, when we don't act right, when we don't act honorably, when we don't say the things we should say, when we aren't speaking like we should, when we, when we don't have a great attitude toward the person who has just spent money to buy us a Christmas gift, when we don't have a good attitude toward our coworkers, our boss, our teachers, our family, our friends, and we do things that we shouldn't do, and then the bad is compounded by those same impurities of pride, of envy, of selfishness. Christmas is not about what you do. Christianity is not about what you do. It's about the motivation behind it. It's about the reason. It's about the attitude. That's why I said uh, a couple of weeks ago, opening up this sermon series and talking about how much I love the Christmas time, the season and time, is because it's not because we have lights, it's not because we sing different songs, it's not because, you know, anytime I've got 30 minutes to, you know, that I just need to feel, I can sit down in front of the TV and there's a Christmas program on, you know, this, you know, these day, this day and age. It's not those things, it's, it's people's attitude. That's... People are just more friendly. Okay, I know there's some in Black Friday people. I know, yeah, some of that junk. I know those people that's got to have that stuff and beat each other over the head. I, I know there's some of that junk. I know there's some of you that work in retail. God bless you. You, you, you. We need to just bring you down front and everybody just gather around you and just build a hedge of protection around your attitude this year. I know it's bad. Why is it bad? It's because of us. But there's something about this time that wants to stir within us and wants us want to be better. Whether we are better, whether we do anymore or not, just the want to, just the desire to, the attitude, the want to, that's the difference. And that's what God gives us <coughs> through this holiday season. I encourage you, break the addiction. Whatever your addiction is, break the addiction. <clears throat> it's a little late to make plans for this Christmas, but next Christmas, do it differently. Change something. Challenge somebody. Challenge yourself to be different, to have a different attitude. You, spend, you spending too much money on Christmas? Let me give you some direction right here. Stop. That's all you need to do. There's no requirement that you spend more money than you make on Christmas. You will not make your kids more happy. You will make them happy for a few hours, but you will not make them more happy in their life by spending more money on them for Christmas. You may tell you what to do. Take, take a fourth of the money that you spend, just a fourth of it, and get your kids up and you go spend it on somebody else that you, you don't have contact with every day. Not, not, you know, not somebody that's in your house, but go and spend it on somebody else. And you, you will not just make your kids happy for a few hours. You will start teaching them about true peace and contentment and the joy. What is really the joy of the Christmas season?
Make some changes. Break some addictions. So this doesn't have to be so. Every other country in the world doesn't do what we do. Every culture throughout history, and, and in my, my research, 1,600 years ago is the first time we know of that, that somebody said December 25th is the day we're going to celebrate his Christ's birthday. So it's been around a long time. And not many other cultures have done what you and I have done in commercializing Christ, Christmas like we have. Break the addiction. Let's get it back to what it used to be. Let's get it back to it. No, 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 let's go beyond that. Let's get it back to what it should be, what it's all about. Break the addiction and let peace return this week, this, this Christmas, this week, and begin with you. Can I ask you to do something? Would you stand and join me at the front? If you're a first-time attender, we like to close around front just all together. We like to close with a final prayer and a final song. And we won't do anything weird or different down here. We just like to come together. Oh, now that you're moving, I'm seeing more and more faces of people I didn't get to speak to right before service. Glad you're here, Brent. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. Prayer team members are in place. You see them facing you today. They, they're not here because they like to be seen. So I actually had to drag some of them down here in this way. They're here for you. How many of you need something amazing in your life to happen? ASAP. How many of you need something amazing in your life to happen? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I need something amazing. Prayer team, just look. If you don't get a chance to pray, be ready to just see that. I need something amazing to happen in my life. There's a scripture. It's the words of Christ. Jesus says, we're to agree concerning anything. It will be done of my Father in heaven. You have heard me quote that over and over and over at the end of services. Why? Because it's true. Okay, it may get to the point where you hear it, you don't hear it anymore. Don't ever get there. There is a powerful truth there where to agree concerning anything, it will be done of my Father in heaven. We would love to pray with you today for that amazing to happen. I'd love for you to move forward in just a moment and take me by the hand, take one of these prayer team members by the hand and let's agree that you're going to get that job that you need, that you're going to get that raise that you need, that you're going to reunite with your, your kids that your relationships are going to start working out, that your, you know, your education, your career, whatever needs it, then let us agree with you for that. Let us agree with you for that. Last final thought, though, is we don't always get what we want, but what we need the most, turns out, it's the best gift ever. Not what we want, but what we need. And in those, in, in, in those Christmas time moments, we get all caught up in the expectations and don't get what we want, and we think, oh, man, it would just blow the whole thing. But if we get what we need, it's more important than what we want. Always has been, always will be. And for some of you that have kind of treated Jesus like the socks and the underwear, you just kind of set him aside. He's not really that important to me. He may be important to you. You guys, y'all need socks and underwear. I got plenty. Jesus is not that important. I'm just going to set him aside. Just, just, just take a moment and look back and see. Perhaps this past year has not been. Perhaps this past year, and perhaps a lot of it has to do with attitude. Perhaps a lot of it has to do with 
the fact that you've set Jesus aside. And Jesus says, I'd really like to have a relationship with you. Not just relationship to be your best friend forever. He's already paid for all of your sins so that you can be with him for eternity. But what he also wants to do is he wants to live with you every single day, walk with you through every battle, through every storm. He wants to make your great days better, and he wants to make your worst days bearable because of his presence and his strength and his ability with you. And I invite you, if you never have before, I invite you today to just say, I need that, Jesus, and ask him to be your savior. And if you do, if you do, please text me or email and let me know. I, I want to send you some stuff. I want to help you. And this church wants to help you. Let's bow for just a moment. And I want to ask you, every one of you, Christians and if you've never been a Christian, you've never known Christ, pray with me right now. It's not important what words you say. It's the attitude that's important. It's the reason that's important. Let's pray. Father, I, I love you and I thank you for so much, God. There have been so many times, God, even, even this past year, these past three years, there's so many times in my life that I could have not made it without you. Thank you that you've been standing there with me. Sure, I could have gotten through maybe, but I'd not be, I would not be standing in the peace and the joy and the contentment that I have today because of you. I ask you in Jesus' name to please hear somebody, hear them pray right now as they just reach out to you and say, I need you, Jesus. Yeah, things are going good, but Lord, I, I need amazing. You didn't die so that things could be good. You died so things could be amazing so we could have amazing marriages, so we could have amazing careers, so we could have a, a, a amazing lives, so we could have amazing relationships. And God, as someone reaches out to you, maybe for the very first time today, I ask you, hear them, God. Take your blood, Jesus, and just wash away every sin. And I pray, God, forgive them and start living with them in every day. God, be their strength. Be their champion. Be their hero, God. Stand with them. Be their wisdom. Be their direction begin to give them the power and strength that they need. If you have a need right now today, please let this prayer team pray with you.